It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We said four quarters, all gas, no break. You guys did that today. Hell of a job. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can run the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin and anywhere. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. It's also for fans of the 12-3 and NFC North winning Green Bay Packers, a team still alive for the number one overall seed, still alive for the number two seed, in fact, in pole position for that first round by after beating the Minnesota Vikings, going on the road and taking care of business 23-10 to in a game that really Green Bay dominated from start to finish with the exception of a trio of turnovers from the best players on the team. Uncharacteristic turnovers in each case. Aaron Rodgers, historically great at avoiding interceptions. Aaron Jones has been the best offensive player on this team all season. And Devontae Adams had a great game, 13 catches, 116 yards, but had the fumble. Uh, And it it was a little bit of an uncharacteristic performance from that standpoint because this is the team that, that was second in the league in turnover differential. But the way Green Bay won this game clearly was on defense. Kirk Cousins had just 39 yards in the first half, his lowest total of the season. Minnesota had seven first downs, seven first downs, for the game, their fewest at home since 1971. 139 total yards. They had just one rushing first down. And Green Bay is now 11-0 and this season when they force a turnover. So even though Green Bay turned the ball over three times on their own, that force that they created, the interception, on a beautiful play by Kevin King and Jair Alexander coming together to get an interception on a similar uh, combination route that they got beat for a touchdown in Week 2. Minnesota tried to go back to it, and Kevin King makes the play. The Packers rode their defense. Zadarius Smith, three and a half sacks. They could not block this Packers front. Could not block them. And it didn't matter who it was, Kenny Clark, Zadarius Smith, Dean Lowry, 
everyone got in on the action. I mean, seven tackles behind the line of scrimmage, five sacks, seven total quarterback hits. This was a dominating defensive performance and against a, a very good offense. I mean, I would say overall, I mean, we know week one what happened against Chicago, but the Bears, not a good offensive team. Minnesota is a great offensive team in the modern NFL, and Kirk Cousins was having a great season. Now, no Dalvin Cook, no Alexander Madison, that's true, but Kirk Cousins still has Adam Thielen to throw to, still has Stephon Diggs to throw to, and Stephon Diggs did have three catches, had the 57 yards, had the 28-yard touchdown that Green Bay gifted him off the Rodgers interception. Adam Thielen, no catches, four targets. No catches, four targets. Adam Thielen, no catches, four targets. If this is the version of the Green Bay defense that we see in January, there is just no question that whatever, you can call it winning ugly if you want. But this was a win, a dominant win, because the defense was outstanding. They found a way. To, this is the kind of game that Tom Brady and the Patriots would find a way to win. Now, that is a weird way of saying a team that that outgained the other team by 250 yards, had 15 more first downs, uh, is, is finding a way to win. I mean, Green Bay rushed for 184 yards and was really dominant on the ground most of the day, you find a way to win because you have the three turnovers. Well, how do you mitigate that? Well, the first one, the fumble from Aaron Jones, turns into a field goal because Green Bay essentially holds Minnesota to nothing. I mean, nothing. Four plays, five yards on that opening drive for Minnesota off the Aaron Jones fumble. Devontae Adams, his fumble... Not only, not only does that not hurt Green Bay, they get the Vikings to turn the ball back to them on downs. And even though Green Bay was not able to use that 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 turnover, you know, they go three, three plays one yard after that. Not ideal. Green Bay gets the field goal before the half, and, and there are going to be plenty of opportunities for us to talk about some of those decisions, and we can and will do that. But in the second half, Green Bay comes out, they they have a little bit of a drive, then Green Bay's defense get the interception, they turn that into a touchdown. Green Bay gets that second touchdown late in the game to close it out, to seal the game, the, the Aaron Jones touchdown, it was the longest run of the season for Green Bay, a 56-yard touchdown run when they're essentially trying to end the game. And then the game, this is, this is crazy, okay? Minnesota scores a touchdown to go up 10-3. This is what their offense does the rest of the game. Three plays, five yards punt. Four plays, six yards turnover on downs. Three plays, five yards punt. Three plays, seven yards punt. Six plays, 31 yards interception. Five plays, 20 yards punt. Three plays, minus four yards punt. Seven plays, 12 yards punt. Four plays, minus five yards, turnover on downs. I mean, come on. That is as dominant as dominant gets, and they did it against a very good offensive team, a team having an excellent offensive season. Kirk Cousins, for whatever can be said about him, wins are not a quarterback stat. 
So I don't want to hear about the Monday night football stuff and the primetime records. It, it, this is about the team. Kirk Cousins didn't play well, but but no one on offense played well for Minnesota. They didn't call a particularly good game, I didn't think. And they couldn't block the front. I mean, don't blame Kirk Cousins that, that the offensive line for Minnesota had absolutely no chance in this game. But, I mean, Minnesota was the number seven offense by DVOA in the league this season. Kirk Cousins, league leaders in a number of, of positions, at least among them, and was outstanding off play action. The interception that Kevin King had in this game was his first interception off play action all year. But Zadarius Smith and Zadarius Smith, Kenny Clark, those guys just kept coming. This was Zadarius Smith. This is a, according to uh, NFL Next Gen Stats. This was the sixth game this year where Zadarius Smith had seven or more quarterback disruptions. That's a pressure, a hurry, or a sack. That is the most in the NFL. And no one has more total disruptions this season than Zadarius Smith's 81. And somehow he didn't make the Pro Bowl. Someone will have to explain that one to me at a later date. This defense, if they play like this, they can beat anybody. And I know the offense didn't quite hit its stride the way that you would have liked. Minnesota's still a very good defense. Xavier Rhodes had probably his best game of the year. The pass rush is still very good. Their linebackers can really move, and their safeties, it might be the best safety duo in football. The Anthony Harris interception was a beautiful uh, play design with the disguise. They'd been showing that two-deep safety look. They fooled Rodgers. Anthony Harris undercuts for an interception. Sometimes you just got to tip your hat. Same thing on the inter- on the touchdown. It, it is pretty good coverage from Jair Alexander, and you just it's a perfect throw from Kirk Cousins to the only place on the field where you can throw the ball, and and they completed it. it's a touchdown. They practiced too. But then the defensive performance, the rest of the way, to just be completely in command at no point ever ever in the game after that that first touchdown. Did it, it never felt like this offense had a chance. It felt like if Green Bay didn't turn the ball over, they were going to win, even though they were they were down most of the game. It's pretty crazy that a team that, that really did dominate the football game, play to play, was down for most of, uh, certainly the, the entire first half, and then into the third quarter. And yet that was the case. It felt like a game that if Green Bay hadn't turned the ball over, you know, they would have won by 20. You know, Matt LaFleur says we don't apologize for winning ugly. We don't apologize for winning. This this was an ugly win, but it was a gutty win. This is the most impressive ugly win they've had this year, and not just because they went on the road and won a game by double digits against a, a divisional opponent in a huge game for playoff implications against a very good Minnesota team. It is, it is a great performance in that they, they did not finish early in the game. And they came back, and in the second half, the defense kept playing their asses off. Kevin King was awesome in this game. And they overcame those things. They kept fighting. They kept battling. And that has been this team all year. Matt LaFleur said after the game, they are a resilient football team. And they they have been able, because they played in all these close games, 
they have the confidence that this is just gonna this is gonna turn for them that they, if, if they just keep fighting if they just keep playing that they are going to be able to to get there and and they have to feel like it doesn't matter you know you have a couple plays go against you they're not going to kill you because you have been in that position before you know that that you have the talent on this team you know if if there is a value in winning a lot of these close games it's that they have the confidence in themselves to stay with the program stay with the plan i thought this was an awesome game from Matt LaFleur it was an awesome this is the best coached game that that I've seen from the Packers this season and it's not a coincidence I don't think that it is also the best game from this defense that we've seen or really the most impressive performance overall I think from the Packers this season and and even with the turnovers to finish this game the way that they did and to put together the performance defensively that they did to put the exclamation point on it offensively with the long Aaron Jones run. It is the most impressive the Packers have been. And if you want that launching point into January, now all they have to do is beat a, a terrible Lions team with a backup quarterback, and they're at least the two seed. If Seattle wins, they can be the one. All the all the discussions about winning ugly, they go out the window. They don't matter. They don't matter. And, and really, they never mattered. Because if you win ugly, and you win ugly in January, you can win a Super Bowl. I mean, we're going to be sitting here, and they're going to they're going to be doing the the parade down Lombardi Avenue. And Aaron Rodgers is going to be holding up the trophy, and Matt Lafleur is going to be shotgunning beers, and they're still going to be talking heads and and idiots on talk radio saying, "Well, I don't I don't know if this team is that good. I don't I don't I don't know." Uh, they're overrated. It doesn't look like an 11-3 team to me. Okay, tell that to all the teams they beat. And this wasn't. There was nothing fluky about about this. This was, especially on the defensive end, an ass kicking, an ass kicking. A little bit disrespectful around Christmas time, to be honest. Supposed to be the season of perpetual hope, and yet it was very clear early on that this defense was not going to give this Vikings team any hope. And if this is the version of the defense that we get in January with Kenny Clark healthy and Zedarius Smith healthy and the secondary playing as well as they are, Kevin King, his best game as a Packer, Jair Alexander, awesome once again, the safeties, nothing over the top, and that front dominating the way that they are, this team can beat anybody, anywhere, anytime, and it doesn't matter if you win ugly as long as you win. And that is what Green Bay has done this season. It's what they put them in a position to do in January. And they now have the opportunity to basically bank a playoff win by by winning in Week 17. That's what they do. Because if you win Week 17, you guarantee yourself a divisional playoff game. That means win one game and you're in the, the conference title game. This is what the Patriots do every year. They don't look great. And then they get into the, the dance. They go 12-4 and four because their division is a joke. They get a first-round bye. They don't play inspired ball until very late in the season. And then all of a sudden, they're, they're beating teams and they're going to the Super Bowl. They win ugly all the time. And no one says anything because they've made a career out of winning ugly. They come back and they win these close games late. Tom Brady does Tom Brady stuff. And everyone, oh, touchdown Tom. They're so clutch. This is so great. Winning is all that matters. And all Green Bay has done this season is keep on winning.
Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Lockdown Fantasy Football here on the Lockdown Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. This episode is brought to you by Wise. Progress is great, isn't it? People listen to music on record players, then tapes and CDs, and now you can stream music and podcasts. When technology moves forward, you move with it. Like with Wise, the modern way to move money internationally. It's smarter and simpler. They use new technologies, so when you send, spend, or convert money with Wise, you get a better exchange rate with lower fees. And over 30% of transfers arrive in less time than it takes to listen to this right now. Join over 10 million people and businesses and try WISE for free at wise.com slash podcast. Now, offensively, I didn't think Aaron Rodgers was as bad as the final numbers will look. The interception was not a great play. He was late. And inside, over the middle of the field, you don't want to do that, obviously. 26 of 40, 216, that's a 5.4 average with the pick, no touchdowns. It's a 68.3 rating. It's not great, but he leaned on Devontae Adams. I mentioned 13 catches, 116 yards. Some big first downs to Alan Lazard. They got Tyler Irvin involved in in some jet sweep stuff. The RPO game was working. If they're going to play close, hand the ball off. If they're going to play off, throw it out wide. And then when you need to play on third down, either look for Devontae Adams or Alan Lazard. That works. And Lazard had a couple drops. If you're going to be wide receiver two, and it looks like based on, you know, both targets and snap counts, if there were Aaron Rodgers threw 40 passes in this game. Devontae Adams had 16 targets. Alan Lazard had nine targets. Aaron Jones had three targets. He was the third most targeted player in this offense. But 11 guys saw targets. So, yes, Devontae Adams was, you know, the the feature. He was the focal point. But this is what a team like the Saints does. They feature their best guy. They create matchups for their other guys to get them involved and to create first downs and to create big plays. Green Bay was not able to create big plays in this game and it was clearly a focus for them to try and create big plays. But credit the Vikings. They played a lot of two-deep safeties. They covered those shot play looks that Green Bay wanted to get to, and and they weren't able to get to them. Rodgers stayed pretty patient and was able to, to get to some of the underneath guys, to the inbreakers. I mean, Alan Lazard a couple times on slants. It just seems like it's a free 10 yards because he's so big. He has a nice little arm over move he can get to, win inside, and it's a first down. That's something to build on. 
they went back to that strike play and hit Devontae Adams. That was the play he fumbled on, I believe. I have to go back and watch it. Devontae Adams was great in this game. But he had the fumble. He had a drop, that the, the play in the end zone. Yeah, the ball needs to be a little further outside. But Devontae Adams also has to make that catch. Alan Lazard had two in his hands that he probably should have made and, and dropped them. And Aaron Jones had a pass. Not a perfect throw, but a throw that he needs to haul in. Couldn't do it. So this offense, I, I loved the design of the offense. I loved the play calling. I thought they were diverse. I thought they stuck with what worked for them. I thought they ran the ball exceedingly well. I mean, even Jamal Williams, six carries, 33 yards. I mean, that's five five and a half a clip. And Aaron Jones, 23 carries, a buck 54, almost seven yards a carry, two touchdowns. He was, once again, awesome. And so, again, you want to go back to a formula here. Run the ball, play defense. Run the ball, play defense. And get a throw or two out of Aaron Rodgers. They didn't even really need the throws in this game. And they still won by double digits. I mean, think about that. And, you know, if if Alan Lazard hangs on to that ball on the play-action play where where he was overturned, he dropped it, you know, who knows what what changes on that drive. If Devontae Adams doesn't fumble, who knows what changes on that drive. This is, you can go back to week two, same thing. They're up 21-0, driving again, Geronimo Allison fumbles. This team hasn't quite put it all together. They haven't had everything firing at once. This was the closest we've seen it, I, I think, it, because Aaron Rodgers, I thought, was was good, not great. Did have the interception. Devontae Adams was great. The defense was great. Aaron Jones, to start the game, was not great. Had the fumble. Had the drop. But eventually, they just kept going. They just stayed with it. They said, this is our identity. This is who we are. This is how we're going to play. And they leaned on it. And they leaned into it. Rather than saying, well, we're going we're gonna to try some other kind of stuff. We're going to try something that that we haven't tried. No, rather than doing that, they said, this is who we are. It's it's working well enough. If we just stop shooting ourselves in the foot with stupid turnovers and, and dumb mistakes, they didn't have the dumb penalties. They didn't have those bonehead pre-snap penalties in a raucous environment on the road. U.S. Bank Stadium is as tough to play in as any road stadium in football with the noise and, and you know, some of it's artificial. It's tough against a divisional opponent, and they didn't have it. Those those dumb penalties, no, they didn't no offsides. The false starts were not there. They didn't take delay game penalties. This was a, a a disciplined game from that standpoint. You know, you have to credit Harrison Smith punching the ball out against Devontae Adams. You have to credit Anthony Barr punching the ball out against Aaron Jones. You have to credit Anthony Harris a great play. To undercut Devontae Adams, they baited Rodgers into it. They fooled him with the coverage and makes a great play. You got to credit them for those plays. This offense was more than good enough if they don't turn it over to win this game. And if they don't turn it over, I mean, it, it could have been a game that they won 30 to 10, 31 10, 33 10, 35 10, because that's how good the defense was. The defense was that dominant. The only 10 points that Minnesota scored were gifted to them off turnovers in Packers territory. When that's what you're getting defensively, 
then offensively what you need to be able to do is not turn the ball over. Green Bay couldn't do that, and that's frustrating to be sure. On the other hand, fumbles are fluky, and you, you, part of it is a regression because you know they've been really good at not turning it over all year. Fumbles are not reliable. They're, they're, there's a lot of variance there, So, and so is whether or not you recover them. I mean, the Jimmy Graham fumble was ridiculous. Ball gets popped out on the sidelines. There is a, you know, two and a half blades of grass between his shoe and the sideline. The ball gets punched out and somehow it stays in bounds. I mean, reminded me of the Bears play with James Jones the year they won the Super Bowl, that somehow the ball stays in bounds. The ball, that ball just stopped. It's like, how does that happen? Well, some of that is just bad luck. You wanna you wanna make an adjustment. So they did. They went to more quick throws, a lot of short passes, and they pounded the run game. They got into more third and manageable situations. And they were they were able to find a methodology that worked, even though they, they never were consistent moving the ball down the field. They did have a number of good drives, bogged down in the red zone. I felt like two of the of the field goal decisions were not ones I would have made. You kick those short field goals. You're you're on the road, especially. You're asking to lose, and unfortunately, you know that it was the one part of Matt Lafleur's game that I felt like was a little bit lacking, especially late in the game. Now, part of that is Aaron Rodgers calls timeout, trying to get into the perfect play, rather than trying to run the play, saving that timeout to get the extra play. The extra play is worth the timeout, Aaron. You'd rather run the bad play call timeout and run the good play because the bad play might still work. I mean, there is, that's not even like analytics. You don't even need advanced data to tell you that. This is not the, oh, if you shoot, you know, you shoot 33% on threes, then that's like shooting. No, it's not like that. Two plays is better than one, even if the first play is bad because they got into the perfect play and didn't execute it. So the, the play is not always the thing. You'd rather execute a bad play and give yourself a chance, especially with the way Green Bay ran the ball. Didn't like that. And, and that's where your analytics guys do have to say, Aaron, stop burning timeouts. And, and that it's who he is. He wants to get into the perfect play every time, and you don't want to take that away from him. But you got to get in his ear and say, look, it's better to run the bad play, especially in that situation where you have time and downs because they had a first down. They, they had downs to run multiple plays. Do not burn the timeout with the clock stopped. And they didn't do that. So there are still you know marginal places to improve. I felt like it wasn't a step forward for the offense necessarily, but there's plenty to build on. And, and I still think, you know, we saw the hints, you know, oh, Tyler Irvin all of a sudden on the field. And they're seeing, oh, Alan Lazard is the guy. Alan Lazard is the number two receiver, and and he he was treated like that in this game. They were able to use Aaron Jones in a major way on the ground. They found a formula here. Lean on Aaron Jones. Lean on Devontae Adams. Alan Lazard is your receiver too. A lot of play action. The, the theory is right, and that's great. The theory is right, and so that's what you like to see. Process over outcome. It's the right process. Frankly, it's how I would have played all year. But you don't have Devontae Adams for a month. He's not 100% healthy. Maybe now this is the version of the offense we would have seen in October if it not been for injuries. 
And now we're going to see it in December when really that's all that matters anyway. This episode is brought to you by Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing with Philips One. This one is the ideal one for those who are still using an old school manual toothbrush. To all those people, it's time to take your brushing one level up. The solution is a simple one. It's the perfect timing one. It's the long-lasting battery-powered or USB rechargeable one. That comes in multiple colors to match you one. The one with a subscription that delivers new brush heads for just $5. Your teeth deserve this one. Philips One by Sonicare. One up your brushing. Learn more at philips.com slash one. That's P-H-I-L-I-P-S dot com slash O-N-E. This episode is brought to you by Shell. College football is best enjoyed at home. You know, the home that has no rooms because it's a stadium of 70,000 screaming fans. But wherever you are, ESPN and Shell can take your fandom further with savings up to 15 cents per gallon for Fuel Rewards members at Shell. Welcome home, football fans. Terms and conditions apply. See FuelRewards.com slash FuelYourFandom for details. Shell is an official sponsor of ESPN College Football. ESPN, the ESPN logo, and ESPN College Football are registered trademarks of ESPN Incorporated. All right, we will not be back tomorrow as we look towards the Lions game in Week 17, but we will have a crossover show that will come out on Thursday, and then we'll have our Friday show as well. Remember, that's on Periscope. I do owe you a facial hair Periscope, but that will not be until the Packers clinch a first-round bye. It will be the Friday show of the Wild Card Weekend round when the Packers would theoretically not be playing. Again, if the Packers win on on Sunday, that is it, and they have the, at least the two seed. They have a first-round bye locked up before the before the Seahawks and 49ers even play. They'll have a first-round bye in hand because they cannot be worse than the two seed if they go 13-3. and three. So we're still going to have two more shows this week. I know it's Christmas, so I hope everyone has a very Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Hanukkah, uh, Happy Hanukkah. If you don't celebrate, I still hope you're finding time to be with your friends to be with your family, to be with loved ones, uh, because that that's important too. So uh, I hope everyone has a great holiday. I hope they enjoyed Monday night, get a chance to enjoy Sunday, and then plenty of time to talk about playoff football. Playoff football is back in Green Bay. Get excited because there's going to be a lot to get to. We don't have to talk about a coaching search. We don't have to talk about institutional direction. We don't have to talk about any of that stuff this January. We get to talk about a team playing for a Super Bowl title. That is the opportunity in front of Green Bay, and it's going to be fun. So get excited for that. A lot to get to. Again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, all of that great stuff. We will see you before the new year, so I won't say Happy New Year. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that. 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.